glad that you're listening to this podcast. This podcast is a ministry of the Bonners Ferry Baptist Church and of Pastor Devin Neal. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18. The Bible says, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus, Concerning you, let's read that again. In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. I'd say anytime we find the Bible saying this is the will of God, we should pay very close attention. We need to pay close attention to everything the Bible says. That's a very, very clear statement. Now to Hebrews chapter 13, if you would, and verse 15. Hebrews 13, verse 15. By him, therefore... Let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God. What's it say next? Continually, that is, the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to His name. Thank you. You may be seated. And as you're making your way back through the Bible, go back to Romans chapter 1. I want to just point out something here. In Romans chapter 1, I think it's very interesting that when God is speaking about uh, the corruption of a culture. You have to give me a minute. Romans chapter 1. When he's speaking about the corruption of a culture, one of the things he chooses to mention is the fact that a, a society is not thankful. So I'm trying to establish before we get started now how important the matter of thanksgiving is or being thankful is. The Bible says in Romans chapter 1 verse 18, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness because when that because that which may be known of God is manifest in them for God hath showed it unto them for the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen being understood by the things that are made even his eternal power and godhead so that they are without excuse because that when they knew God they glorified him not as God and what's to say next neither were thankful but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. We met a man this afternoon, and he assured us he did not believe in God because he'd asked God for help, and God had refused to give it. That at one time he had read the Bible and been religious and been part of a religion, and he said, I found that God never heard what I prayed. I don't need him. I don't believe in him. I don't believe I'm going to answer to him. Who is God is what he said. And you could hear in him, no sense of gratitude whatsoever. He said, what's God doing for me? So where's the breath from your lungs coming from? Where, where are you getting breath? He said, from my lungs. I said, where'd you get your lungs? From my body. So where'd you get your body? From my mom and dad. And that's how we went in that conversation. He was refusing to acknowledge God. Um, I assured him, you know there's a God. You just don't want to be obedient to him. And that's the truth of God's word. Every person knows there's a God. And if we decide not to retain him in our knowledge, it's not because we don't know, but it's because we don't want. Amen? My point is, in God dealing with one of the evils of society, he says, neither were they thankful. And so then as we look at this message, and I will be very clear, the message is intended. We're talking about the body of the believer. So I want to be very clear that what we're dealing with is those who have put their trust in Jesus Christ to save them from their sins... Uh, we do not do these things to be righteous. We do these things because we're righteous. I, I want to just say something. You say, can a person say they're righteous? Yes. If you're saved, you're righteous. 
It is Christ in you that makes you righteous. That doesn't mean everything you do is righteous. It means you are righteous in the sight of God. Brother Hensley emphasized this point. If you're born again, you have been given to you in Christ Jesus all that you need. And so we do not speak right to be righteous. We speak right because we're righteous. Shouldn't righteous people do righteous things? How many know that Lot was a righteous man? What does it make us scratch our head about Lot then? He didn't always do what was right, but God counted him as a righteous man. Amen? And so what I, I just want to be clear is I preach on how to speak and how to talk. We're not dealing with how to be righteous in the sight of God. We're dealing with how we should conduct ourselves because Christ is in us, making us righteous, and we need to use our tongues according to his will, according to his mind, because he has saved us. And so then I'll give you a few simple things tonight on the subject of thanksgiving, uh, starting with a very well-known text. Go to Psalm 100. Again, have your fingers ready because we're going to be in in a lot of places. Psalm 100, and this is the entire psalm is really about being thankful and thanksgiving. But I want to begin tonight, and if you're taking notes, by dealing with the priority of thanksgiving. I've already suggested that in the reading tonight and it's very interesting as you read about thanksgiving what will stand out to you if you study the subject in your bible is that god wants us to always be thankful we already read that in everything give thanks for the will this is the will of god in christ jesus concerning you we're to be giving thanksgiving the the sacrifice of our lips continually praise to god continually Let let me ask you this tonight when it comes to thanksgiving when is it that it crosses your mind naturally to give thanks to God? I'm just speaking from my own experience here, so you can help me out. When does it naturally come to you to give thanks to God? What's that? Yeah, when things go the way we think would like for them to go. When God provides a gourd and it gives us shade from the heat, then we thank God, right? We don't normally thank Him when we're in the belly of a whale. We don't normally thank him when the gourd gets eaten by a worm. But when does God want us to be thankful? All the time. 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year in every circumstance. Just like every other facet of the Christian life, Thanksgiving must be by faith, not by sight. Think about this for a minute. If you read about Hannah in the book of 1 Samuel, Hannah gives an entire song of thanksgiving. What did she thank God for? Any Bible students tonight? What was she thanking God for in her song of thanksgiving? Samuel. Problem is, when she gave that thanks, she wasn't even expecting it. She was not giving thanks by experience. She was giving thanks by faith. And I think that's a key to this message tonight. You read about thanksgiving. You and I both know there are days we do not feel thankful. But we're supposed to be anyway. We can be thankful at all times if we believe Romans 8, 28 and verse 29. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose, for whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son. Do you know that once God saves you, there is a foreordained will for you upon your salvation that he is incorporating in your life and he'll use every good and bad circumstance in your life to accomplish that purpose and that is to conform you to Christ. So I can be thankful in every circumstance knowing that the one who saved me is working out a plan to conform me to the image of his son. God has the same 
foreordained plan for every one of his children. He did not forechoose you. He did not choose to save you against your will. That's not what Romans 8.29 is saying. Whom he did foreknow, he foreknew your salvation. He also did predestinate. God has a predetermined plan for every person he saves, and that's to conform you to Christ. We were already conformed to Adam before we got saved. Amen? But now that he saved us, he wants to conform us to Christ. And so then that's what he's doing. And therefore, this matter of faith, trusting God that he is good and working things together for good to those that love him and are the call according to his purpose, we can be thankful at all times. I just want to understand that as we deal with thanksgiving, this is based on faith, not sight. Psalm 100, verse 1. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that hath made us. And not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts uh, with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting and his truth endureth to all generations. I'm going to give you just a couple of things and under those couple of things a few more things that help establish the priority or the importance of thanksgiving. The priority of thanksgiving is, number one, seen in the significance that God places upon it throughout Scripture. God says, when you come in prayer, enter into prayer with thanksgiving. So here's what we do. When do I, when do I incorporate thanksgiving in my prayer? At the beginning, in the middle, or in the end? The answer is yes. At what point in time in the day should I give thanks to God? Morning, noon, or night? The answer is yes. God wants us thankful. God places a tremendous priority a high priority on thanksgiving and so here he says enter into his gates with thanksgiving we are to begin our communion we're talking about how we use our tongue in speaking to god we are to begin our communication with god with thanksgiving it's good to begin with these words oh father in heaven or however you want to refer to the lord our god my father in heaven that's how jesus referred to and told us to thank you thank you Now, I'll say this. If you're like me, when you wake up in the morning, the first attitude you have is not often thankfulness. The first attitude is, man, I could have used a little more sleep. Or, you know, I ache. Or, oh, I got a big day in front of me. Or whatever. You say, well, that's pessimistic. I just, we're all in flesh, aren't we? And so what has to happen is we have to say, by faith, I'm going to thank God for the things that I know are true. Amen? I'm going to be thankful this morning that I woke up, that I have the health to get out of bed. I'm going to be thankful that I have another day to serve the Lord. I'm thankful today that I have, the, I, have the, I, I have Jesus Christ as my Savior. Therefore, I have assurance of my salvation on the basis of God's Word. There are a host of things I can thank God for if I just will decide to do so. I don't believe you'll be thankful until you start giving thanks. <laughs> Amen? Some people say, well, you should not say thank you if you're not thankful. Truth, but I'll tell you what. If you teach young people to say thank you, before long, they'll figure out why they're supposed to. We were sitting in Wendy's yesterday. We tried out the new Wendy's with our kids. That was their treat yesterday. And treat for us, too. I got I got a Frosty with some fries to dip in it. Man, that's good. So we're sitting there, and this family walks out. And they walk out with the children. And I hear the little girl say, thank you, Mama. And I looked at my wife and said, you hear that? She said, thank you. I normally don't hear that when you're out in public. And you can tell the little child, she was truly grateful. Mama had bought her something at Wendy's and she was thankful. Man, it was music to my ears. She's probably eight or nine. Thank you, Mama. 
and how that caught my attention. Now, if that's pleasing to our ears, how pleasing do you think it is to God when we say, Lord, thank you this year we've been able to retain enough health to continue to serve you, make a living. I mean, is that, we have so many things to be thankful for in the physical realm, more so in the spiritual realm. And God says, I want you to come into my presence with thanksgiving. I want you to begin your communion and communication with me by thanking me for what I do. You say, what should I thank God for? What would you appeal to him for if you lost it? So, for instance, when people, when their health does fail, that's often when people start praying. (laughs) When the job is lost. I mean, it's amazing. What kind of things would we petition God for? Those are the things we know he's in control of. So what happens is as long as I have what is a blessing to me, I often don't think about it until I lose it. And then I think, oh, Lord, please, we ought to be thankful for the, th- the things we would ask him for if we didn't have. We ought to thank him when we do. Amen. And so then he says, I want you to enter in. We're talking about the significance of Thanksgiving. He says, begin prayer with Thanksgiving. Colossians 4, 2, he says, continue in prayer with Thanksgiving. Look at Colossians 4, 2, if you would. So we're to begin with Thanksgiving. We're to continue in prayer with Thanksgiving. And then we'll find we're to be constant in prayer with thanksgiving, which we've already read. But let's look at Colossians chapter 4, verse 2. Continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving, with all praying also for us, that God would open unto us the door of utterance, so on and so forth. So it says continue in prayer, not only pray. And I understand he's talking about this continuing, like don't stop praying, pray constantly, daily, so on. But the idea is couple your prayer always with thanksgiving. Again, we read in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18, in everything, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. The Bible says the sacrifice of our lips, praise to God, is to be continually on our lips. Now, let me ask you something. The Bible also says do all things without murmurings and disputings. What is the best way to stop murmuring? Because everyone in this room at some point in time has murmured. And sadly we do. What's the best way to stop murmuring? Start giving thanks. Give thanks. Um, You've heard the story, but Corrie ten Boom and her sister were in a concentration camp. And her sister was very literal. And it was a blessing, actually. There was a point in time where uh, she would refuse to lie. I will not lie. No matter what the Nazis ask us, I will not lie. So they were hiding Jewish uh, refugees, people running from the Nazis, under their floor in their kitchen, under the rug, under the table. The Nazis entered their home and said, where are the Jews? And she said, under the table, the sister. She didn't lie. She said, I won't lie. And they laughed, and they never found them, right? Not on that visit. There's another time. They're in a, they're in a barracks, and there are, there are uh, uh, lice terribly in that barracks. And they had a Bible hidden in their barracks that they would do Bible study. They had one smuggled into them. And they're doing Bible study. And Corey's sister said, we need to thank God for the lice. And Corey said, I will not. I'm not thankful for the lice. They were a menace. And you can only imagine how bad that was. She said, no, we need to. God says in everything, give thanks. We need to thank God for the lice. Finally, she succumbed to the pressure of her sister. And they thanked God for the lice. Well, they began to notice the Nazi guard would not enter their barracks, and they were able to keep their Bible for months on end. Do you know why they wouldn't, she wouldn't enter? Because of the lice. And her sister pointed out, see, thank God for the lice. Turn, if you would, to Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5. Now, I understand what I am preaching is not popular to our prideful egos. <laughs> it 
It's not popular to our flesh, but it's right. Ephesians chapter 5. And I need reminded of it, and you need reminded of it, that God wants us to be thankful all the time. Beginning in prayer, continuing in prayer, concluding in prayer, in good times and bad times, our disposition toward God is to be one of thanksgiving, not murmuring. Uh, Ephesians chapter 5, I believe it's verse 20 we're looking for. The Bible says, giving thanks, and what's the next word? Always. For, what's the next word? All, and then it says things, unto God and the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks always for all things. Now, murmuring, as I said, is the opposite. We are to do, let's, let's just slow down a minute and take this in. Do all things without murmurings and disputings. Philippians chapter uh, 3, I believe that is. Philippians chapter 2. Now, the best way to do all things without murmurings and disputings is to give thanks for all things. You mean I'm supposed to thank God for failing health? Yes. Can you pray for it to go away? Well, sure. But should we thank Him for it? Yes. I believe this with all my heart. As God uses us more, He has to allow more affliction at the same time. He has to. You can study that in the life of Paul. Paul was given an abundance of revelation and at the same time he was given a thorn in the flesh. And Paul three times said, Lord, please take the thorn from me. And God's answer every time was, no. Should Paul thank the Lord then for the thorn? Yes, because by the thorn he was kept from being exalted too high. How many of you would be grateful for something in your life that limits and hinders pride in you? How many know how destructive pride is? How many, how many of you would be grateful for something in your life that you knew would prevent cancer? Oh, yes, me too. What if it didn't taste good? I would still be thankful if it prevents cancer. Then shouldn't we be thankful for circumstances that prevent pride? God allows things and orchestrates and orders things in our life intentionally that are painful but productive. And we need to learn to thank Him for all things. Amen? All things. That's the best way not to murmur. It's impossible to murmur and give thanks at the same time. Amen? We should thank Him for opportunities to trust Him. We should thank Him for the good things. Of course, thank Him for the food He provides. You realize praying over your food is a biblical thing? We should thank Him. Receive 1 Timothy 4, 3 and 4 says, we're to receive certain meats with thanksgiving. God created them to be eaten and enjoyed. Chapter 6 says we're to richly enjoy the things he richly provides, but the fact is we're also to thank him for the difficulties. I think every one of us have had difficulties over the last two years, difficulties we did not have before. We've known them individually. We've known difficulties as families and difficulties as a church. Can We, we never thank God for sin. That's not what he's saying. But can we thank God for the affliction as a result of it? can or to give thanks at all times this establishes or should in our heart and mind how significant thanksgiving is to god it's a priority to him that we give thanks we see the priority through the significance in scripture but also uh, the fact that god calls for it to be sincere it's psalm 100 verse 4 again he says enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise and then what's he say be thankful so again, God does not want you merely uttering words you do not mean. He wants you to be thankful, but he does say give thanksgiving, and then he couples that with be thankful. And so then the priority of thanksgiving is God says, I want you to be a thanksgiving people because you're a thankful people. 
Let me, let me put it in perspective. You know this verse very well. How can, I, how can I be thankful when life is going sour? By the way, if we're not thankful, we get bitter. Please note that. If we're not thankful, we get bitter because we begin to focus on the circumstances that are difficult in our lives and think, I don't deserve this. I know no better way than to be thankful than to get a proper perspective of the way things are. Jeremiah says in Lamentations chapter 3 that it is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because His compassions fail not, great is His faithfulness. What happens is pride is what robs us of being thankful. We feel that we deserve better than what we're getting and therefore we murmur instead of give thanks when in fact if we could see things from God's perspective from the perspective of truth and realize that God is merciful, that this this is not our final home, heaven is, eternity with Him is, and therefore we can have a perspective of thanksgiving that is sincere and that has the level of significance uh, uh, that, that, uh, that God places on it. Let me ask you this. When it comes to parents and children, who is more thankful, the disciplined child or the spoiled child? The child who is told no on a regular basis because what they want is not good for them or the child who's always given what they ask for and what they want? This doesn't take a long time to figure out. The child who's always given what he wants is always complaining. Is it true? They're the ones that will pitch a fit and scream and pout and throw their legs on the floor and say, I want it, I want it. Children that are disciplined and faithfully told no when they need to be learned to be thankful. Well, God's the best father there ever was. Sometimes he does not give us what we want, so we'll learn to be thankful. Amen? God places a priority on thanksgiving. Number two, let's consider not only the priority of thanksgiving, the significance placed on sincere thanksgiving in the Scripture, but number two, the purpose of thanksgiving. Back to Psalm 100, verses 4 and 5. If we get down the purpose, we can really, I believe, constantly by faith be thankful. Psalm 100, verses 4 and 5. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. Why? Here's the reason. Why? Why should we be thankful? For the Lord is good. For the Lord is good. Uh, Psalm 100, again, verse, let me finish verse 5. So enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting. And his truth endureth to all generations. What God says is this, you can give thanks because of my character. I'm good. God's mercy, is God merciful today? Was he merciful when the malefactor on the cross got saved? Meaning, was God withholding what that man justly deserved? Yes. Is God merciful now? Yes. Did they have his truth then? Aren't you grateful today that we know the truth? I met some confused people today. I'm telling you. We met a woman and she had a sign on her porch, a stone, and it said, I am. Now, all over the yard were signs like be kind and no violence and these kind of things. Good values, by the way. We began to speak to her. I said, can I ask what that? She told me she does not uh, read the Bible. She, doesn't, she believes some things are in the Bible. And she explained that Jesus said, I and my Father are one. And so I am and you are. We are one with our, with our Creator. We are one with the Supreme Being. The light is in you. And you'll always come back to it. Even as Jesus said, I am, so can you say, I am. It was, she said, when you come to this realization, things get very simple and the way a child can understand. She wasn't there yet because I couldn't understand what she was saying. <laughs> the, the fact of the matter is, I'm not making fun of the lady. I'm not. I'm saying she's confused. 
confused because she rejected what? Truth. The last man I spoke to said, I used to read the Bible, but I have no use for it. I have no Bibles in my home, and I don't want Bibles in my home. And he said this. My kids are with me. He said, I trust me. Aren't you glad tonight we have the truth? I would far rather trust the Lord Jesus than me. I've lied to myself more times than I can count. Sometimes on purpose and sometimes just because I was a fool. He's never lied to me. You know what? Aren't you glad tonight we don't have to say the truth is back there somewhere in another language? I'm glad we have the truth. That God was kind enough. Did God have to preserve it in print? He didn't have to. But he did. And I'm so grateful he did. You know what? I'll wake up tomorrow and I may not have my health. But I got the truth. Aren't you glad for that? I'll wake up tomorrow. We may not have our country tomorrow. We may not have our freedom tomorrow. But we still have God's mercy. And we still have God's truth. Because all that's going on in the world does not change God's character. You and I must get a hold of this. We can, and not only can, but must be thankful at all times because the reason to be thankful has nothing to do with who we are. It has nothing to do with our circumstances. It has nothing to do with politics. It has to do with who God is. The the basis and the substance of thanksgiving is Jesus Christ, the same yesterday and today and forever. I thought about this the other day. This season of my life is different. It's it's a transition. It has been for a few years as our children grow up and become adults. And just body changes. You get more tired. And, you know, we're just in a different season of life. And I find that I, I remember my, my adolescent season and my teen season and young adult season. And now I'm, I guess, technically you'd say a pro, I'm middle, middle. We say people are midlife and they're 50. That's not true. You're beyond midlife at that point. Most people don't live to be 100. But the fact of the matter is, there are challenges in this season of life I've never faced. But he's the same. He was faithful to me when I was a teenager and made some tremendously bad decisions. He was faithful to chasten me, get my attention, give me mercy. When in some ignorance, I can look back on my parenting now at where I'm at now and think, Oh man, I thought I was doing so good. And you begin to look back and say, oh, I believe we were doing the best we knew how, but lacking a lot of wisdom. I'm glad that God is good no matter what. And that is the reason we give thanks. Give thanks in Him. For the Lord is good. And it doesn't matter. Satan does all he can to convince us that that statement's not true. That the Lord's not good because He didn't do what we wanted here and He didn't work this circumstance out the way we wanted here. Listen, no matter what God does, He's good. And out of that I can give thanks. The purpose for thanksgiving we would consider first the reason is because the Lord is good. The result of our thanksgiving. Doesn't the world need to have a clearer view of God? Do they not? I wonder if we His children gave thanks more than we murmured, they might have a clearer view. Listen, I believe one of the reasons the world cannot see the goodness of God is because we sometimes stand in the way. We sometimes complain about how bad the world is, and it is bad. I'm not talking about declaring the sins of mankind. 
That must be done so that men can be brought to repentance. And I'm, I'm as guilty at times as, as anybody, and I do not want to be. But many times what happens is we complain so much about the circumstances of our life, not because we're broken for the souls of men, but because we're uncomfortable in life. And instead of thanking, we murmur. And the world says, why do I need what you have? You complain more than I do. be a good point, wouldn't it? Eh? And so we give thanks that God might be magnified, that it might be seen. Listen, nothing will reveal the goodness of God more than when you and I can give thanks in the midst of adverse circumstances. When things are... Can I give you a Bible illustration? Paul and Silas in jail in circumstances that none of us would ask for. And I don't believe they would ask for it. And we should avoid it if we can. I don't think anybody should go out and try to be a martyr. (laughs) But the fact of the matter is, they couldn't avoid it. They were faithful to God. They got thrown in jail. They got their clothes ripped off of them against Roman law, by the way. They were treated unjustly. And what did they do at midnight? They gave thanks. Now, we look at that and we say, man... What lofty Christians? No, just faithful ones. That's not lofty Christianity. It just is Christianity. We're supposed to give thanks in the midst of our difficulties. I was reading about uh, the Apostle Paul this morning in the storm in Acts 27. And you know what he's doing in the middle of the storm? The Bible makes it very clear. And he gave thanks. He offered food to the other sailors. He said, you've gone 14 days without food. You need to eat. And he gave thanks to God for the provisions they had when they were all about to die. And was cheered in the middle of a storm. Now, how could he do that? God had already told him, you're going to Rome to preach for me. Paul knew the storm was not going to stop him from going to Rome. God had made him a promise. He gave thanks by faith. Faith. And so we must do the same. The result of thanksgiving is God is praised. Look at Psalm 69, verse 30. Thanksgiving and praise are not the exact same thing. But I don't believe you can praise God without using thanksgiving as the tool to do it. Psalm 69, verse 30. I will praise the name of God with a song. Listen to this. And will magnify him with what? Thanksgiving. Now, when you magnify something, you're going to do it one of two ways. You're either going to take something that is small and make it look bigger than it is. You can't do that with God. (laughs) Or you can take something that is distant and hard to view and bring it into focus. Right? I've used this illustration before. In my office at home, the windows face the fields out beside me there. There are certain times of year the elk like to cross that field. A bull elk is a very large creature. If you're standing close to a bull elk, they're big animals. If it's a big six by six, it's really big. But there are days I have to get my binoculars to magnify them because they are so distant. I want to know, is that a bull or is that a cow? And I want to see where they're going in the timber and where they're coming out. So I magnify them. I don't make them bigger. I bring them into focus. Now, how can you and I bring God into focus or magnify him? There are those who are distant from God. We can do so through thanksgiving. The Bible says I'll magnify him with thanksgiving. God is praised and God, a clear perception of God can be known. How will the world know that God is good if we don't say so? I believe you and I need to do a better job of taking an account, an inventory of God's dealings with us in our life. How we pray and how he answers. How, how and what we ask for and how he responds. 
You know what? As a church, we've been praying for a lot of things. Sometimes God is not giving us what we're asking for. We need to pay attention. Say, okay, we've asked for this. God has not seen fit to answer. God's good in that. How many would like to see 20 kids on our bus tonight? How many have asked God to bring more? Has God answered us? He has. For whatever reason, he's not given the fruit or success we would want. Can we thank him? I tell you what's made me do. It's made me step back and say, okay, let's make sure we're doing things God's way. It's made me be more diligent in my thoughts about this ministry. It's made me be more concerned and, and, and tender-hearted toward those we're trying to reach. I'm not glad that we don't have more, but I am thankful for the way God is dealing with us. Amen? God knows what he's doing. We must thank him. And so then as we do, it is our thanksgiving that brings God into focus. It gives praise for God. It gives a clear perception of God. But you know what else it does? That's what it does on God's behalf. It makes him be seen clearly. It, it allows his name to be hallowed when we give thanks to him. But thirdly, you know what else it does? It gives peace to the child of God. Philippians 4, 6, Be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication, two key words, with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known unto God. Now, wait a minute. If we're requesting something, have we received our request yet? How do you thank God before you get what you're asking for? By faith. We know that what we ask for, he'll answer it the right way. Now, say this. A number of young people in here, you're going to be looking at getting married in a few years if that's God's will for your life. You can go to God and say, Lord, would you provide me a mate if you want me to get married and I thank you in advance for the person you provide. Because you know God will pick the right mate for you. This is not a message about marriage. Can I give an exhortation to every young unmarried person in this room? Don't choose your own mate. Don't. Don't think you're smart enough to pick who to marry. Let God do that for you. Say, how will I do that? Ask him, wait on him. Ask him, Wait on him. And when it's God's mate, you'll know. He'll put as many witnesses in your life that you need to confirm this. Check it by his word. Check it with your authorities. And if God puts the stop sign on it, you stop and be thankful that he spared. I think of people I was interested in as a young man. I praise God God shut the door on those things. Amen? Some of you say, hey, man, I know exactly what you're talking about. I'm glad God chose my mate. You can thank God in advance, and that'll give you what? The Bible says, be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, to keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. You know how we have peace? By faith, give thanks. And so then, the result of thanksgiving, praise for God, a clear perception of God, peace for the believer, and we could probably continue with the list if we wanted to. We'll stop with that and go to our third point tonight. The priority of thanksgiving, we've seen the purpose of thanksgiving, but what about the practicality of it? God's given us a number of vehicles or conduits or tools by which we can give thanks to him. And I just want to look at these in a practical way. Philippians chapter 4, we just looked at. Uh, be careful for nothing but everything by prayer and supplication. We can thank God in our personal prayer life, and so we should. One of the primary tools, one of the primary reasons of prayer is to thank God. If you've not spent some time today thanking the Lord for some things, Shame on any of us who have not. We have much to thank him for. You know, we have a church here tonight. Do you realize there's a time when this is not what we had in church? You know how thankful I am? And I'm not trying to butter any butt, but you know how thankful I am for those of you who, if you're not here, we know something's wrong. 
That is how you know somebody's faithful to the house of God. When they're not there, that is the exception, not the rule. Do you know what a blessing it is for a preacher to show up, a pastor to show up, and people to come to actually hear God's word, and you know they're going to be there, and they love the Lord and share a heart for God's work? There's a time in this place that wasn't existent. You know what a blessing it is tonight for church to be church? It's, it's a little bit challenging to come and have one person to have church with. I'm thankful. I mean that sincerely. Thank God for those of you who are faithful to be in the house of God, to assemble when it's time to assemble, who love the Lord and one another enough to do that. And so then my point is this. We should be thanking. There's so many things tonight we can and should give thanks to God for. That's why we pray. Lord, thank you. I prayed for this specific matter and you answered it so clearly. I prayed for wisdom in this decision and... You gave it, whatever it may be. Uh, we are to pray and use prayer, the tool of prayer, to give thanks to God. It will endear your heart to God when you start thanking Him for His dealings in your life. It will endear your heart to Him. Colossians 4, 2, we read earlier, uh, the Bible says, Continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving. God wants us to use prayer, our personal communion with God, as a tool to give thanks. God wants us to use music to give thanks. We read it earlier. I'll read again. Psalm 69, verse 30. I will praise the name of God with a song. Now, you musicians, we have a lot of them. God's been good to our church, giving good musicians in this church. God did not give you the gift of music to exalt yourself. God gave you the gift of music to exalt Him. And music, by the way, will do one of the two. It will either magnify flesh or it will magnify God. And you can use good lyrics and good music and still magnify the flesh. It's not about just following all the right rules. It's having a right heart. And then you have the right heart, you'll follow the right pattern. There is a lot of music in our churches. You know what it's about? It's a performance. Now, I believe this. We ought to do our music with skill. Asaph did. Meaning, whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do it with thy might. But the fact is, what do you say we're going to use our song for? To give thanks to God. If the lyrics of a song or the music of the song is about, look at me, listen to me, I'm great. (laughs) Even if it uses the name Jesus. (laughs) So much of music today is a show of the flesh. And that's not the purpose of music. Music ought to be used to give thanks to God. Psalm 95, verse 2. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving and make a joyful noise unto him with psalms. The Bible says, speaking to yourselves in psalms. Psalm is a form of music. We think of it as a book of the Bible, and it is. But you realize every one of those psalms was a song? Every one of them was a song to be sung. You think about what they were singing about. They were not singing about, you know, their lives. So much of, again, Christian music has morphed into the world's kind of music. It's Christian blues. You know, I'm broken and undone. I wish my life were better. And I don't know what all kind of nonsense get put in it. The world uses music as an expression of what? It's self-expression. Expression of my success, expression of my depression, expression of my lust. No, we use music as an expression of who God is. Amen? And so then, we're to use our prayer, supplication, as a tool to give thanks. We're to use music to give thanks. Psalm 147, verse 7, sing unto the Lord with thanksgiving. Sing praise upon the harp unto our God. For those who don't believe in instruments in church, they need to read their Bible. Amen? Uh, we'll move on from there, right? With supplication, with song, and here's this, the practical of thanksgiving, you give thanks to God through a stable Christian life. 
through stability. Colossians chapter 2, verse 7. For time's sake, I'm just going to read this. You can mark it down or turn there if you have time. But Colossians chapter 2, verse 7 says this, Rooted and built up in Him and established in the faith as you have been taught. Meaning, grounded in what you know is true, abounding therein with what? Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is the fruit of a stable Christian life. That's why it's called the fruit of our lips in Hebrews 13, 15. It's the fruit of our lips. So I'm going to read again Colossians 2, 7. Rooted and built up in Him. You know how you can thank God for your salvation? Because the Word of God tells you He gave it to you. And when you are established in the faith of Jesus Christ, you can thank Him for salvation whether you feel it or whether you don't. Whether you feel it in your body or whether you have the emotions that tell you you're saved, you've got the Word of God that says Jesus Christ saves those who trust Him. And when you are established in the faith, you can be thankful for your salvation. When you're established in the faith, you can be thankful for His discipline in your life. When you're established in the faith, you can be thankful for the food on your table without guilt. You say, what? You realize there are people, First Timothy chapter 4, the Bible says there are people that forbid us to eat meats. The Bible says forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from meats which God hath created to be received with thanksgiving of them which believe and know the truth. I mean, if you know the truth, you're not saved by the diet you eat. You're not saved by the day you worship on. You're saved by Jesus Christ. You can be thankful instead of fearful. Amen? Well, what if I'm not saved? I worship on Sunday and not on Saturday. I got news for you. I worship on Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. And on Sunday, I just do it with you. You're not saved by the day of the week you worship God on. That's called law. We, that's done. We live under Christ seven days a week, 365 days a year, and that way we can be thankful for what He's done for us, not what we've done for Him. I'm going to tell you something. Thanksgiving rebound, redounds out of a stable Christian life. If I'm constantly unsettled and uncertain, how can I give thanks? I think I'm called of God to preach. I don't know. How do you ever thank God for calling you to the ministry if you don't know if you are? How do you thank God for the power of the gospel if you're not sure it has power? I'm trying to say this tonight. Paul says, the Spirit of God says, rooted and built up in Him, your stability is in knowing who Christ is, and knowing what He's done and what He's doing for you, what He's going to do for you, rooted and built up in Him, and established in the faith as ye have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. So tonight, the priority of thanksgiving We've just scratched the surface in the Bible what the Bible has to say about being thankful. The purpose of thanksgiving, we can thank God because He's good. The result of that is it brings God into clear focus through magnifying Him. The praise of God is accomplished. His name is hallowed. We have peace for the child of God. The practicality, we use prayer to thank Him. We use music to thank Him. These are tools God specifically gives us whereby to thank Him. Obviously, you can use your testimony out and about among the lost to thank God. But it, it flows out of a stable Christian life, someone that's rooted and grounded in Jesus Christ and what he's done for you. Tonight, we ought to ask ourselves, is thanksgiving coming out of my mouth more than grumbling? Which is most predominant from my lips? Because the Bible says the, th- the praise of God is to be continually, continually. You know what? There's a number of people in this room have stable jobs tonight. Stable jobs that provide you a steady income. Do you know how many people in this country tonight can't say the same? What a blessing. What a blessing. We can go on and on and on about things. 
You say, well, what if I lose that? We can still thank him. God's still good. 